Hey, everybody. I'm Mike Westendorf, and with me is uh, a friend. We go back uh, some a number of years now, and a, a, a brand new author with a brand new book that we've been talking about. Now, this is Hannah Shermerhorn, and she's going to be our guest for our summer one day event and some of our follow up stuff. But Hannah, it is great to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Am I interview number 30 at this point for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely around there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hopefully I can answer all your questions well. Yeah, now. <laughs> well, we, we were talking off air. Is like, is there a question that you've wanted to be asked that nobody's asked you yet? And you're like, you've been asked just about every question that we <laughs> yes. can ask. But uh, for all of you guys who are listening in um, and, and t- checking this out, um, we're excited because Awaken Alive is a ministry and, it, and it's a a community for young adults. If you're 18 to 25 in particular, really specifically that time frame of life, it's such a unique, awesome, strange, confusing, aggravating, wonderful time of life. Um, but there's a lot happening. And so we are passionate about bringing young adults closer to Jesus and then therefore closer together. And, uh, one of the ways that we do this is with these bigger events, and we we were excited. Hannah and I were talking a little bit about this over a year ago, about a book that you were writing. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about, I mean, it goes further back to even the presentation you did in Campus Ministry, but how long have you been carrying the the nexus for this book? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long time. So technically, I started writing this book about four years ago, and it took maybe a year to write, and then a year to do a proposal, and then um, a year plus of just submitting proposals to publishers and agents and getting a lot of no's, and then finally getting a yes, and then getting published. So that alone took a long time, but the actual story started, man, maybe 10 years ago or more than that, where I was in college and I thought that I was going to marry the guy that I was dating. We got engaged and we planned our wedding and we were super excited to get married. Um, But then I found out some news from him that just made it that we could not continue our relationship anymore. And I was super, super devastated that, you know, at the end of college, I thought I was going to get married, but instead I entered a season of singleness and I did not expect it at all. So I was super, super upset. But then throughout the years that kind of followed me being single, I went from being really frustrated in singleness to one day realizing that my circumstances hadn't changed. I was single, but I was really, really happy with my life. And that probably took six, seven years to get to that point. But when I realized I was there, I was like, man, I should write a book about this because if I knew all these things when I first became single, my life would have looked a lot different. So mm. that's how I decided to to sit down and start writing it. Isn't it kind of interesting? Like, I don't know about you, but um, I remember somebody telling me when I was younger and it always, for whatever reason, it just stuck. Mike, be smart enough to learn from other people's mistakes. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. But then but then somebody's got to have the courage to be able to say, well, these are the mistakes that I made and and if I could shave off a year of misery. Yes. in somebody else's life by sharing some of what I've learned. Um I, I mean, is that part of the heart that that led you to write this? Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. And I feel like for me there were just a lot of 
years, to be honest, of being really frustrated of, you know, God, I wanted my life to work out this way and it didn't turn out this way. Why do I have to be here? What am I supposed to be doing? And just years of really, really struggling with what is my purpose? You know, why am I here? What's going on? And, you know, all that struggle is good, but it wouldn't have had to reach such a negative, bad place in my life, you know, and reach that level of negativity if I just realized what God actually says in the Bible and really believed it and trusted it and things like that. Mm. Um, so it it took a lot of hard work and struggle for me to get there and having to rely on God. But once I, you know, really started putting my faith into practice and understanding what God really says and taking that to heart, my life really changed and how I viewed my singleness. So yeah, if I would have known that earlier, would have changed the game for sure. And, and I knew it, but I didn't really practice it, I guess, or really, you know, take it to heart. So there's a lot for me to learn there. One of the things uh, for Awaken Alive that I've learned is that if we're going to grow closer to Jesus, it has to be um, the relationship with Jesus. I mean, it's great to have relationships with other Christians. That's an important part of things. But I don't know about you. Um, we, we, we as human beings tend to use other people yes. to get what we think what we, we need. Yes. Um, and yet the relationship that's most important is with Jesus. And yet how does that happen? It's in his word. Why, why do you think that that is a struggle for us when we're in our late teens, our early to mid twenties? What you, you kind of talked about it, you know, you, it was here, but it was, I, I knew some of it, but I didn't really step into owning that relation. What's happening. Do you think that keeps us from, from that? Yeah, I think for me, it especially was having my own plan for how I thought life was supposed to turn out. And I thought that God, I maybe didn't think this specifically, but I definitely kind of had a feeling of like, oh, God's going to support me in what my plan is versus realizing that God has a plan and that's a lot better than any plan that I could come up with. And it really took me experiencing that of, oh, you wanted to be married, you wanted this thing and it didn't happen. But then such greater things came out of the fact that it didn't happen. And God just showing me little nuggets of that over and over and over of like, these were your plans. These were my plans. And my plans were way better than anything you could have dreamed of. Um, and just showing me that, you know, in little nuggets throughout my life until, you know, it got really big of you broke off this engagement, but it turned into you writing a book about it um, and having this whole career you never even thought you'd have. So I think for me, thankfully, God was pretty obvious to me of, oh, I'm showing you that my plans are actually better than anything you could come up with, like bigger than things you could even dream of coming up with. So it made me realize, you know, I no longer should be saying this is exactly what needs to happen in my life or even this is what's going to make me happy because normally I'm wrong about that too. I had to realize that God actually knows what's going to make me happy, whether it's, you know, struggling in life and getting to heaven. And that's where that's going to ultimately be the yeah. happy thing and the happy ending. Um, but I can trust God because he cares about me. He's good. And he's got those plans for me. And it's better for me to sit back and watch them unfold and go along with them than try to fight what is going on in my life. So that just gave me so much peace. Um, again, it took me years to understand, but it's helped me a lot as I went through everything there and as I continue to, you know, struggle through things as I move forward in life too. You know, one of the, the challenges is, I, th I think as a, as a Christian is like, you kind of said it, uh, let God's plans unfold. And yet you still have to live life every day. Yeah. What, what does it look like to let God's plans unfold 
while still having to, ha- you know, to have a dream, to, to say these prayers. You know, you, you still have hopes. Um, yes. But what does it look like for us to let God um, let these things unfold? I'm kind of curious. I, I have a thought on that, but I'm curious what. Yeah, I think that was something I really struggled with of, you know, like I'm here in life. Sometimes I'm going to die and go to heaven. Things are going to be great. But what am I supposed to be doing in this in-between time, especially when, you know, I long for having that significant other and marriage and things like that, but I don't have them. And I think for me, something that helped me a lot, um, specifically for singleness, was thinking about, you know, what would my life need to look like so it wouldn't matter if I'm single or in a relationship relationship and then kind of moving toward what that life would look like. So, you know, what are the dreams that I want to pursue? What are some things that are maybe on my heart that I haven't really explored? Um, And for me, sometimes it was hard to figure out what those were. Sometimes it's like, oh, I like writing. So I'll just spend an hour every day or maybe 10 minutes every day writing and seeing where that goes. Um, And what I found with that is as I was doing that, it didn't matter what my relationship status was because I was so excited to use the talents God gave me. But I have heard other things. um, If you kind of struggle with like, what should I be doing right now? One thing I heard is thinking about the things that break your heart and what can Mm -hmm. you do to help them? So like for me, human trafficking is an insane thing that really, really breaks my heart. So it's like, what can I do right now to help fight the fact that that is going on? And what are, you know, steps I can start taking? whether it's giving money or talking to people or time to do that. And I think as we follow those things, whether they're just a whisper in our head or just a thought that crosses our mind, God can really bless those things and help us find kind of what our calling is, so to say, or help us just see what our talents are in the unique person God made us to be. Um, so we might want, you know, certain things in that time of life, but as we're pursuing those talents God gave us and seeing, you know, God made me to do these things and this is awesome. That's really going to take the pressure off of here's my expectations for my life and, you know, put more spotlight on God made me to to do things and, you know, I'm doing them and that makes me very happy to be following those. So what are, do you have some other thoughts too? I'm curious what yours are. Well, as you're talking, my brain starts going in about a hundred different directions. So, <laughs> yes. so like squirrel. Yes. Uh, you, know, you, you, you had said um, just the idea of expectations. I, Brene Brown had wrote, wrote a book called Rising Strong that really um, hit me between the eyes. And she had given a disappointment, a, 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 a disappointment in particular, a definition that has been really helpful. And that disappointment comes from unmet expectations. Mm-hmm. most of which um, begin as uh, stealth assumptions. Mm. Um, we, we, yeah, I, I just kind of wanted like, maybe, maybe it was the Disney movies that made me want to have this happily ever after. And then I assumed that that was what was going to happen. Then it became an expectation, but the expectations not met. Why am I struggling with this depression and this disappointment and this anxiety? And a lot of times it comes back to, um, our expectations that we probably never really gave clear voice to, but are mm-hmm. sitting heavy on us. And then, of course, with an expectation comes a timeline, yes. you know, when this is all <laughs> supposed to happen. Um, you would, you've talked about it, and, and I think that there's two questions I want to ask you, um, and we'll wrap up this part of things. But it's kind of tied to the expectations thing and the kingdom building. Um, this has been heavy. I mean, God is, 
I've had seasons where God has really had to get a hold of Mike Westendorf and and show me the ugliness of the kingdom building. There's that story in in scripture where um, Jesus tells his guys for the first time, I'm going to Jerusalem where I'll I'll be beaten and betrayed and I'm going to die. But on the third day, I'm going to rise. And Peter's like, heck no, that's not <laughs> how this is going to go. And he pulls him aside and he rebukes him. And you remember what, what Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. Realizing that these are some of the same temptations that Satan came to him in the desert with, you know, you know, I'm going to give you a kingdom. People will bow down to you, yada, yada, yada. And I just, for some reason, about two, three years ago, that just hit me so hard. And I realized how often I am writing my story to be about my kingdom. Mm-hmm. And the question that I have for you, one, because I'll have one finishing question, but why do you think it is when we're in college, when we're in our teen, late teens into our 20s, why is it so hard for us to maybe see the kingdom building, the the the, the, the selfish kingdom building? What what is happening with us when we're younger that doesn't let us connect God's story to my story, God's kingdom to to my kingdom? Right? Do you get a yeah. sense for what happens when we're in our twenties with that yeah. whole kingdom building? Right. I feel like. For me personally, and maybe for some friends I've talked to and things like that too, there's just so much change going on in those years. And there's so many variables of figuring out, you know, what you want to do with your life. At least, you know, you kind of think at the time that if I pick this, this is what I'm going into. But I remember in high school, just the amount of pressure I felt to choose a career and Mm. kind of like define my life with what career I'm going to choose. And it's like, I've never done a day of any of these careers. I have no idea what any of this stuff is. Like for me, it's just, I like math. So I'm going to do engineering. That's the most math heavy. Like, but I have no idea what I'm doing. So I think as we start to kind of dive into those things, there's a lot of like identity building up to that point with friends and family and all of that. But then as we move forward in our lives, trying to get careers and where we're going to live and go to college and like all of those things, it's just all these new facets that are coming into our lives of things we need to pick for ourselves and honestly ways we can find a lot of our identity of, you know, oh, I live in this cool city versus, you know, this boring place or I'm getting this job, going to this college, I got accepted into this, all of those things. So I think it's a lot easier for us to start kind of focusing on ourselves and saying like, I need to make these choices right now because you you can't just sit back and be like, someone make a choice for me. You have to do it. So you're really taking the reins on your life and all these decisions you constantly have to make. So I think it's easy to see how impactful your decisions are to your life at that time and think like, okay, I'm in control of this. I have to do this. I have to figure it out, which is true in a sense, but also, you know, figuring out that, you know, God can help me in all of these things. God can guide me in all of these things. And it's okay for me to make a decision, but know that God can still step in and do something else. And I think for me, like I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was like, I'm going to do engineering. And as I did it, I still kept thinking, I don't know if this is right for me or not. And I did it. I did, you know, the corporate engineering for numerous years. And then all of a sudden it's like, I need to write this book. And now I went to college for engineering and I'm not doing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think there's a piece there of 
yeah, we're going to make the best decisions we can. We can pray about them. We can ask for God's guidance. Um, but sometimes you don't feel any inclination of this is better than that. So you just make a decision, take the step, but be okay with God stepping in and maybe changing it at any point in time. I, I think that's like a big thing that I had to learn as I went through that whole season of my life. Yeah, that's great. I, I know I'm, I'm like taking notes, you know, make a decision, but God can step in and do something else at any time. Yes. And I'm sure as you know now from your for yourself but um a lot of older people will tell tell you you know all you younger people I was going this way and now I'm doing something completely like that whole linear picture of what my life is. And as you were talking I I wrote this this statement down just react to this especially in my in my late teens and my 20s I am the evidence of my life and potential of my future. Yes, that that hits hard for me because I feel like, especially in that point, there's so many possibilities of what you can do, what your life is going to be. And I know for me, I really dreamed of, oh, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids right away. All of these things are going to happen. Um, and there's just so much potential that I was excited about. But then as I reach those ages and those things didn't happen. It's like, oh, this potential part is really going down because I realize I can't make those things happen. I can't force those things to happen. And I think especially as I've gotten older too, your life kind of reaches this like stagnant place sometimes where it's like, this is my job. This is what I'm doing. This is where I live. These are my friends. And there's just not as much quick change as is happening when you're younger. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that that is a huge thing of, you know, when, when you're younger too, it's like, okay, Okay, all these things have happened to me and this is what, you know, who I am right now. But yeah, the world is open of possibilities. And for some reason, as we get older, we don't think that as often. I have met people, um, even people have interviewed me for podcasts in their 60s who are like, I'm thinking of changing my career right now. And my husband's laughing that, you know, by the time I go to college and I get done, like there's not going to be many years left. But it's cool to, to keep that attitude of like, no, I can, I can keep flowing and seeing where God's going to use me and move me and everything like that. So I think it's yeah. a great thing to have and, you know, get God's perspective on that. There's a, a couple of, of Bible passages that, you know, come to mind um, that have been helpful for me. As I get older, I understand it more, more personally. Yeah. But that's that whole idea of seek first his kingdom and his righteousness that, you know, I, I agree. I when I talk with college students and, and young adults, it is that endless possibility. At least that's what it looks like. Yes. And we and we yet we haven't yet caught up to the reality that I am I am finite. My day is finite. My time is finite. My friends, my network is finite. And even as God blows things up, or you know, you have a bigger network or you have bigger influence, you still only get twenty four hours, yeah. and you only have a capacity for so much priority mm -hmm. and you, you can't do it all. And it turns out that some of these things that we were telling people, like, I, I mean, you know, you can be anything you want to be. Well, if you're five foot six, you're not going to play in the NBA. So you no. can't. No. Um, so there's, there's some, there's some like dream big. Why don't we just say dream big instead of you can be anything. Cause that's a lie. Yes. Uh, yes. Totally uh, true. <laughs> but that whole idea to, I think the centering part for that building your kingdom, mm -hmm. which gets us into all kinds of, uh, quite frankly, disappointment and depression yes. among all of the other things that then come along with that as we try to combat the depression and loneliness and things like that. But yeah, 
that perspective of um, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. God's not up there saying, well, you have to become this. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times he's just saying, pick one and I'll bless it. And yes. at the right time, I'll move you. But yep. seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. If, you, if we'll just put his kingdom first, it just right sizes the, the good and the bad of the struggle that we're in with whatever it is that we're doing. Yes, exactly. You had in your book quite a bit of, and I appreciated this, you brought God's word into it. You, you brought characters and story and took time to develop it to be able to show some of these evidences. This is not a book simply for single people getting through a season of singleness and like, what do I need to do so that I can get married and move on with my life? Mm-hmm. Your book really has principles in it that are rooted in God's word and for all of life. So the last two things I'll ask you, for you to comment on. Uh, number one would be... Um, uh, talk just a little bit about the, the more broad brush of this book and the purpose yeah. of this book. And then I'd like you to finish with, um, what did you do? What did you find helpful to get yourself into God's word, to know his voice uh, for you as a young woman going through all of this? What got you grounded more closely to God's word? So two questions. Tell me a little bit, a little bit about the broadness of impact of the book. And then I'd like to just close with that thought of God's word. Okay. Yeah. So the first one would be um, definitely I wanted this book to be a journey where you start and you are not happy about being single, no matter how you got there. If you've always been single or, you know, bad relationships, things like that. Um, You're starting in a place where maybe you're really mad about being single or you're just like, I don't love this. Uh, And then as you go through the book, first of all, it really talks about the things that are hard about being single. So being lonely, um, facing rejection, you know, all of the just super difficult things about being single and talking about addressing each and every one of those um, and where God is in all of those things, you know, what we can do to combat those. And then as we address all those really hard things, kind of making the choice of okay, I'm single right now. So either I can be upset about it or I can say God has put me here for a reason and I'm going to choose to make the most out of my life right now. So if we make that decision, then there's kind of the moving forward of, okay, I'm single. This is not the choice for my life. So what should I be doing with my time right now? Like we talked about. Um, And a lot of that is, you know, getting connected to your community and serving others and just intentionally making a life that is very fulfilling and very full of God in all these different facets so that you can really shine and prosper while being single, even if it wasn't your choice. So it's kind of that entire journey of first, let's work through all the bad stuff and all the hurt and all the pain that we're feeling in singleness. And then let's reach this point where we can really thrive and shine and help others where we're in our single place in life. So yeah, it's kind of that entire journey. Um, But each chapter has a different single person in the Bible that learns lessons from what they did in their life and applies it to modern singleness. It's funny. Um, you mentioned loneliness coming right out the bat. And I remember reading through some of these chapters and just two things that jumped out at mind. You can be married and very lonely. Yes. You can be married and feel single. Yep. Definitely. uh, It's not necessarily a good thing. You should probably get some counseling at that point, but um, then you have people who have been married and um, either through, you know, the breaking of a marriage, uh, whether it's through something like divorce or death, um, you can all of a sudden find yourself suddenly launched back into another season of singleness. So just because you're married doesn't mean that like some of this stuff goes away. Right. And I appreciated that that, that was one of the things that struck me about the book is that there, there are broad amp- 
applications for all of us, um, regardless of where we're at in in life. Um, but particularly, I appreciate it because it's written from the from the single standpoint. You know, trying yeah. to help us be comfortable with the season that God has given us. So, kudos to you on on <laughs> on making it broad the way yeah. that it did. It just it, it just reached married for twenty six years right now for me. But I just it's very good. Um, Thank you. So, but God's word was a part of it. How did how did you find a, a path to spending more time with God uh, as a young person? Yeah, so I think for me, finding the right method of Bible study for me was big. So um, I was introduced to the SOAP method, which mm-hmm. I like a lot. So that one is um, you have your S, which is scripture. Then you have your O, which is observation. A, which is application and P, which is prayer. Um, And I just take like one small section. I think when I was younger, I used to just try to read through the Bible because I thought that's what you're supposed to do as fast as possible. And that looked good. Um, But this is more just really diving into a small section and thinking through those different pieces um, and putting yourself in the shoes of the people in Mm -hmm. the Bible. I think that was a really eye-opening thing for me and something I did in my book of like Joseph, for example, where we learn about him. And every time you read a story, you're like, oh, it's fine. It turns out so well. But so much of his story was really struggle. And if you were in his shoes, like you would, I would probably be freaking out because I don't know this happy ending's coming, but he chose to make the most of every place he was in. Um, So that was really eye-opening to me of putting myself in the place and time of what's going on in all of these stories and thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, this really happened. These are people I'm going to meet in heaven someday. It's not just some fairy tale story that I'm reading for entertainment, you know, or something like that. Like this is a real event that transpired and what would it feel like to be there to watch this? Um, I think like the chosen uh, show is like a really good way of doing that too. That's opened my mind a little bit to like, oh, this is the place and time they're in. So doing that was really, really helpful of, you know, this is important to do and do every day because the more that I dug into scripture every single day, it's weird. I've heard other people say this, but like you read something in the morning and then something later happens and it's like, wow, I read a passage about this in the morning. So I want to react this way, but I know I need to react this way because like God prepared me for this already. So that's like a cool thing. Um, So I think that was really big. And then just also having a good community support system of Christian friends. So like small groups at my church was huge in coming together with like-minded people, friends to discuss and, you know, have these intense conversations about the Bible. So there's kind of like an alone piece to it because I'm very introverted. So that's really, really important to me, especially, but then also kind of reinforcing that with a good group of friends too was, was huge for me and really opening my eyes to like, this is real and I can see it in my life in every single moment and every single thing I'm going through. Mm. This has been a great conversation, Hannah. I, I want to thank you for your time uh, to do this. Um, Awaken Alive uh, is uh, the ministry that um, you will be helping uh, lead on June 11th. It'll be at Bridge MKE in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's about 76 in Oklahoma. Um, tickets are limited, uh, so we'll have about 125 tickets that are available uh, for the in-person piece of things. But uh, Hannah, I'm I'm excited to have you sharing uh, some of the story, and and so we are going to be live streaming this event for people to use in families, in small groups, and in watch parties around the country. I'm hoping that, in fact, I know there there's several who have already told me we're we're going to be with you on this one. So we're going to be 
having a, a lot hopefully happening out of, out of this. For those of you who are listening in on this one, um, we do have a community that does what Hannah talked about. Uh, we get into the Bible uh, about once every three weeks. We do this online through a Zoom uh, Christian community group for young adults. Uh, and and so invite you to, to, to take a look at that. All of the information that we're going to be talking about is at awakealive.com. That's where the registration is. That's where info on the live stream will be coming. But Hannah, uh, I can't wait for this one. It is going to be a good time. And uh, we will be doing some follow-up conversations too so that people can uh, take a little bit of a journey this summer uh, with, the, uh, with, with what God has been teaching you and what you have cared to share with people. So thank you so much for being part of this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm very excited also. Yeah. So uh, this has been Mike Check, a uh, podcast that I've not done for a long time. So Hannah, thanks for helping me get this thing restarted. Uh, We will see you guys again in the future.